Welcome to the Word on Wednesday podcast for March 24. My name is John Mason. Thank you for joining us. In the closing chapters of his finest book, The Cross of Christ, John Stott draws from the playlet, The Long Silence. At the end of time, billions of people are found in the presence of God's throne. While the majority stand back against the brilliant light, various groups at the front are listing their complaints against God. How can God judge us, they ask? How can He know about suffering? I'll talk more about this shortly. But first, did you miss the recent Anglican Connection online gospel-centered conference? For $30 registration, you can enjoy post-conference access to all the conference in your own time until May 31. You can register at www.anglicanconnection.com. A reading from the Gospel of St. John, chapter 12, verses 27 through 36. Now my soul is troubled, And what should I say, Father, save me from this hour? No, it is for this reason that I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and I will glorify it again. The crowd standing there heard it and said it was thunder. Others said, An angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered, This voice has come for your sake, not for mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to indicate the kind of death he was to die. The crowd answered him, We have heard from the law that the Messiah remains forever. How can you say that the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? Jesus said to them, The light is with you for a little longer. Walk while you have the light, so that the darkness may not overtake you. If you walk in the darkness, you do not know where you are going. While you have the light, believe in the light, so that you may become children of light. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Towards the end of his finest book, The Cross of Christ, John Stott draws from the playlet, The Long Silence. At the end of time, billions of people are found in the presence of God's throne. While the majority stand back against the brilliant light, various groups at the front are listing their complaints against God. How can God judge us, they ask? How can He know about suffering? Having assembled their complaint, representatives of the various groups meet. Someone from Auschwitz, an African-American, an abused woman, someone from Hiroshima, a thalidomide child, and many others. On reaching agreement, they presented their case that before God could be qualified to judge, He must endure what they endured. 
God should be sentenced to live on earth as a man. Let him be betrayed, face false charges, be tried by a prejudiced jury and convicted by a cowardly judge. Let him be tortured and die, horribly and alone. With these thoughts in mind, come with me to the Gospel of John. In the course of his public ministry, John records, Jesus spoke of his hour. When Mary asked Jesus to do something about the need for wine at a wedding in Cana, Jesus replied that his hour had not yet come. Later on, he said it again, in John chapter 7, verse 20, and chapter 8, verse 30. But in John chapter 12, verse 23, when Philip and Andrew reported that some Greeks wanted to meet Jesus, a turning point came. It was then that Jesus said, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. It would be through Jesus' death that God's kingdom would be open to all who believe in Him, in Jesus. Greeks, the non-Jewish world, as well as Jewish people. Twice more, when Jesus was with His disciples in the upper room, He spoke of the time having come for Him to depart this world through an event that would be for His glorification, His death. And what shall I say? Jesus said. Father, save me from this hour? No, it is for this reason that I have come to this hour. Jesus knew that the day would come when he would die. His expectation was not the same as ours, that one day we will die. We get glimpses of Jesus' understanding of the purpose of his life throughout the four Gospels. The words of Isaiah chapter 52 verse 13 through chapter 53, verse 12, provide the key. Indeed, Luke chapter 22, verse 37, records Jesus' direct quote from Isaiah chapter 53, verse 12. He was numbered with the transgressors. In keeping with a Jewish interpretive approach, we should note the larger context of Jesus' quote. All of Isaiah chapter 53, and especially all of verse 12, which concludes, Yet he bore the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. Jesus, the Word of God incarnate, was born to suffer and die for human sin, the perfect for the imperfect. The hidden nature of the depths of God's love was revealed in the crucifixion, where the Son of God was glorified. Glory speaks of the outward manifestation of inner character. Tasca, in his commentary, The Gospel According to St. John, makes the important point that Jesus' words, Father, save me from this hour, are a prayer that God will bring him safely, literally, out of, not from, this hour. Tasca quotes Alfred's phrase, The going into and exhausting this hour, this cup is the very appointed way of Jesus' glorification. Furthermore, Jesus prays that the Father's name will also be glorified. Too often we forget that God, whose nature is always to show mercy, is passionate about rescuing the lost. In John chapter 12, verse 28, we read God's words, I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. 
which we see in Jesus raising Lazarus from death, and supremely in God's raising Jesus from the dead. Jesus' glorification is also the Father's glorification. Another significant facet of Jesus' crucifixion we often overlook is that the world and its ruler were judged then and there. For Jesus' death involved a conflict with the powers of evil. As Jesus' crucifixion involved the reversal of the events of Genesis 3, the original tempter needed to be deposed once and for all. Through his crucifixion, Jesus, the Son of God, not only overcame the power of sin, but also disarmed the evil powers of this world. And as we read in Colossians chapter 2, he triumphed over them. Yes, the powers of evil are still hell-bent on defacing and destroying humanity as the image of God. But these very powers are in their death throes, kicking out against what they know will be their certain end. In John chapter 12, verse 32, we read Jesus' words, And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to indicate the kind of death he was to die. Jesus endured the extremes of injustice and torture, suffering and crucifixion. The cross was not a heartless God punishing a hapless son. Jesus tells us himself it was his choice, his voluntary sacrifice, as we read in John chapter 10. When we come to see that Jesus' cross reveals the invincible power of God's love, we are drawn to put our trust in Him. Come what may in this world, because God in Christ is victorious over sin and the powers of evil, we have the hope of a future far beyond our imagination. Returning to John Stott's reference to the long silence, as each of the speakers laid out their complaint against God, loud murmurs of approval rose from the great crowd. When the last speaker finished, there was silence, a very long silence. No one spoke, no one moved. Suddenly everyone knew that God had served his sentence. While you have the light, believe in the light, so that you may become children of light, Jesus warns. Chosen one, bring men. 
many sons to glory. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom The power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. A prayer for this week. We beseech you, Almighty God, to look in mercy on your people, that by your great goodness we may be governed and preserved evermore. 
Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. A prayer for peace. God of the nations, whose kingdom rules over all, have mercy on our broken and divided world. Shed abroad your peace in the hearts of all people, and banish from them the spirit that makes for conflict, so that all races and people may learn to live as members of one family and in obedience to your laws. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us pray. Sovereign Lord God, direct with your wisdom and power the leaders of the nations. Lord, give them such wisdom and understanding that they may restrain wickedness and vice and uphold justice and truth through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, the creator and preserver of all humankind, we humbly pray for all who are in any kind of trouble, sorrow, sickness, anxiety, or need. We particularly pray for those who lost loved ones through COVID-19. We thank you that a vaccine has now been produced and pray that it will be made available both speedily and fairly so that all peoples and nations may benefit. Father, we also continue to pray for people who suffer because of injustice, poverty, and powerlessness. Lord, enable us to share with others the material things that they need. Most of all, in your great mercy, bring comfort and hope through the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, who died and rose to save us, and give us meaning and hope forever. We ask all this through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, Keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and remain with you always. Amen. People involved in today's podcast are John Mason, speaker and writer, Andrew Pearson, the Dean and Senior Minister of the Cathedral Church of the Advent, Birmingham, Alabama, and Catherine Jacob, a member of the Cathedral Ministry Team. The introductory and concluding music is from the Cathedral under the direction of Dr. Frederick Tiedu and Zachary Hicks. Stuart Townend's How Deep the Father's Love for Us is sung by the Chamber Choir of St. Andrew's Cathedral, Sydney, under the direction of Ross Cobb. Prayers are drawn from an Australian prayer book 1978 and the Bible reading is from the New Revised Standard Version. Please let us know if you have a question or a comment about this podcast. We'd love to hear from you. And remember you can still register for post-conference access at www.anglicanconnection.com.